Is the mic on? Episode 69, What's Wrong with Orny Adams? Well, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. And I love it. Hear how quiet it is. I love it. I'm still tortured, though. I'm, I, I'm just... People say things, and it just drives me nuts. Like expressions. People love cliche expressions. And they just throw... They don't even think they just throw it out. If I could be a fly on a wall. Well, I wouldn't want to be a fly... Under any circumstance, what conversation is worth being a fly, even for five minutes? These flies are dumb. They're one of the dumbest species. They could fly into a window and five minutes later forget it's a window. That's a dumb species. So there's no conversation that you'd want to be that fly. And then how do you how do you come out of being a fly? What is there, some arrangement in this fantasy of if I could be a fly on a wall? What that you, Oh, you can come out of it at any time. Just go hang out in that corner and we'll come get you. And then you're too dumb to ever remember that there's a corner you're supposed to go to. Now you're stuck as a fly for the rest of your life. And you're one of these flies that keeps flying into walls and windows. And even though the humans are nice enough to open the door, you can't even feel the draft. You can't even feel, you can't even see the light. I mean, I make it almost impossible for the flies not to exit my house, and they still can't figure it out. They're dumb. They're dumb. So why do you want to be a fly on a wall to, to hear a conversation? They're, they're, why don't you be a species that, that has a memory, like an elephant? Be an elephant on the wall. That makes more sense to me. What's wrong with Orny Adams? Episode. Say it. 69. 69. Here we go. We've done 69 of these, and I'm working on Christmas when nobody else is. So quiet. So quiet in the world. No leaf blowers going on right now, right? Nope. Nope. What's his name, Kev? There you go. In fact, my neighbors, they're going to be disturbed hearing this. That's fine. I love Christmas. This is one of my favorite holidays, and I'll tell you why in a few minutes. I'm also going to tell you... Uh, well, we'll talk about uh, Jim Clemente, who was a guest on uh, two episodes, and uh, Cameo CEO founder Mark, Martin Blenkow. We'll talk about cults, murders. We're going to talk about me being in Las Vegas, doing Cirque du Soleil. I got the Paramount gift for doing the movie Teen Wolf. I have the gift I'm going to show you. I'm also going back to Vegas this month. We're going to talk about my latest, uh, the special I put up, um, Takes the Third, which predates more than loud but it's up on youtube now for your enjoyment i should be listening to this music so i can talk talk over the excitement are you familiar with gaslighting this this term now this i know i'm talking about expressions and how i hate expressions but gaslighting is actually one that i actually i really like because it is something that i think we're all victims of at many times in our lives and i'll I'll talk about that in one second let's talk about some of the gifts i got here here is Remember um, Julie, Astro Julie? She's an astrophysicist, and she's always hanging out with that astronaut, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. I'm Jim Kelly. This Jim Kelly. I'm an astronaut. This guy's a, uh, like a hero, pilot astronaut. I had them make something for the podcast, and the guy's mumbling. The name of the episode is Mumbling Astronauts. Jim, I'm Jim Kelly. So I'm starting to think maybe the atmosphere did something to his brain. But anyway, love these two. They came to see my shows last weekend in Brea, California at the Improv. They came out with a gaggle of people, a lot of young people. 
A lot of young people. People question, is Orny Adams relevant and funny to the young people? And the answer is absolutely yes. They love it. Uh, and uh, they get it. They get that you should be complaining about the world. In fact, I was complaining about the world when I was a kid because the world is wrong. And when the world is wrong, somebody's got to say something. And that's me. But they brought me a nice gift. They've been very generous. I've, I've shown it. Uh, I've got the Snoopy poster over there from NASA. A vintage poster from the 60s when they used uh, Snoopy and the, and the peanut characters to uh, give out safety tips. Like they posters are like, don't. If the floor's wet, walk slowly or, you know, like stuff like, uh, uh, I don't know. They, they could have had some really funny ones. Like when your parents count down from 10, you better listen. But when NASA counts down from 10, you better really listen. They, they could have had some nice Snoopy. Anyway, they brought me a Artemis patch. That's the latest mission to hit the moon. It finally got off after four unsuccessful attempts starting in August. They kept having to scrub the mission. I told him, I go, listen, how are we ever going to get people on Mars if we can't get a, a mission of a couple of people off? If it takes three months to do that, you know, if I decide to go to Mars, I don't want to find out that my spaceship is is delayed. And it's always scrubbed and delayed for weird, like there's weather off of the coast near Cuba. Well, who cares? Shoot it up. Let's go. Like the technology has got to get beyond that. Julie, work on that, please. Like they're scrubbed. Like, ah, uh, uh, Bob and accounting is in a bad mood. We've got to scrub the mission. The dew point's low. The uh, windows are fogging up. We can't fly with foggy windows. We should just start. Like, if we're all going to go to Mars, there's no way we're going to get off every space shuttle if we can pull it for just these random reasons. Like, who cares if there's a little leak in the side, right? Okay, maybe you do. But here's the thing. They gave me this beautiful patch. And I don't mean to undermine the amazing work NASA is doing. Uh, I think it is remarkable. And here's the other thing. When the mission was supposed to go off in August, everybody was excited. We were down for it. And then when they scrubbed it, we were still excited when they were going to do it a couple of weeks later in September. And then it just kept getting delayed. And and guess what? Like, uh, Like everything else in the world, we just lose interest. You know, it's like this uh, war in Ukraine. It's like people aren't that interested anymore. I am. Drives me nuts every single day. Uh, That level of injustice. But here it is. They got me this patch. It says Artemis. And it has a pin. Here's the cool thing about the pin they gave me. This is made from metal that was in the engine of Artemis. And they made a pin. I don't know what the pin is of. It looks like a cyclone cloud. Or a bumblebee. It looks like one of those those beehive hairdos from the 50s and 60s. Anyway, thank you, uh, Astro Julie. Thank you, uh, Mr. Kelly, for that. Jim. Jim. <laughs> well, uh, More Than Loud, my special from a few years ago that was on Showtime. I put it up on YouTube. It hit a million. It's still going. I don't want to talk about it. Okay? Still going. My other video, which somebody else put up seven years ago, Takes the Third, which was on Comedy Central, and then on Netflix, they put that up there seven years ago. Just hit a million. So I said, I'm going to put it up on my page and see if people... Now it's on HD. The other one was in HD. Let's see if people watch it. Well, I put it up yesterday. Or no... 
Yeah, yesterday, the 24th of December, woke up this morning to 10,000 views, which is more than I expected. So uh, I'm happy and I appreciate everybody that supports me. What's amazing is people are now just uh, tipping me, sending me Venmo uh, tips or sending me uh, PayPal tips. Uh, I put the links up under the video and uh, people are very, very cool like that. And, and people are ordering cameos. We'll talk about that too. I'm doing, I just did one right before this podcast. Uh, and I did two yesterday. So you can, you can order me. One of them was really cool. This was my favorite cameo. Uh, guy reached out and he said, uh, hey, listen, I want to play this video while we're sitting around the Christmas tree opening gifts. And it's you telling my family I got tickets to see you or for all of us to see you in Las Vegas on the 29th in December. I go, that's really cool. Because I started out like really generic. I'm like, you know, a lot of people probably sitting around the Christmas tree opening gifts and you're getting a lot of crap, getting a blender, uh, a scarf, even though you live in a warm climate or God forbid, a gift certificate to Applebee's. But can you imagine if you had a really cool family member like, and I, whatever, Tim, now I'm talking to you, the McGregor's, I'm making up these names. You, McGregor's, this is Ornie Adams, your favorite comedian. I know you sit around as a family and watch my my videos. Now you're going to see me live December 29th at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. And I go, that's a really cool, that's a cool, that I think is cool. I like that for Patreon. That to me is, is fun. And I, I'm enjoying interacting with everybody. Put up a video, new subject, but still Teen Wolf. I put up a video. Oh, and I've got to show you the gift. I put up a video. Here's the gift. I'll put it on the table as a tease. I put up, oh, I like this because I can lean on it. It's a really big box. It's about, uh, you know, like 10 inches by uh, 30 inches. Maybe not. Maybe 24 inches. Uh, four inches high. I put up a video. When I was in Brea, California, getting ready for my shows, I go to get some coffee, and I see a young person. I can't even say gender. I want to say female, but what? whatever. I don't know what she identifies as. I saw a young person wearing a Beacon Hills sweatshirt that said Stalinsky. So I'm like, I got to record this. I've always wanted to record this. So I put, I recorded myself. I go, there's a Stalinsky behind me. Let's see if she's excited to see me. And so I turn it around on her. I go, Stalinsky. And she turns around and, and like, at first she's like, who's this older person yelling at me? And, and they think it's like a dad joke. So I, I do it, Stalinsky. And then like, she goes, you can see her. She's, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And it's just such a cool moment. And I put it up on uh, TikTok and Instagram, uh, Facebook, all this. Stuff. I didn't put it up on YouTube yet. I should. I should put it up on the shorts. Oh, more to do. More to do in my digital life. Isn't that wonderful? Anyway, hit 8 million views. That's cool. Now, do I get excited about that? No, I don't. Well, I do. I do get excited. And then that excitement is replaced by me being upset. Because that's what's wrong with Orny Adams. Because Orny Adams can't enjoy 8 million views on TikTok for that video. Because it reminds him that his stand-up comedy is not getting 8 million views. That's what's wrong with Orny Adams. There's no joy in being Orny Adams for too long. Joy is for other people. You and 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 you. Enjoy your joy. 
joy to the world because I'm tortured. That's what's wrong with Orny Adams. Joy, anytime I'm really happy, I, I my mind immediately races to a place. Oh yeah, wait a minute. There's something I'm supposed to be upset about. Well, that's right. That That's right. The, the, the economy, the stock market, or this, or that. So it's like my mind refuses to allow me to be happy for too long. Now, this made me happy. Touching my gift from Paramount. Paramount Plus sent me this bottle of champagne. What's the first thing you do when you get a bottle of anything? You Google how much it cost. Well, this was like a $60 bottle. I'd say that's generous. That's mid-range, right? Champagne champagne can be 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 60. Now we're getting into decent bubbly. Couple hundred now, you know. <laughs> now now I know, now I know they like me. But here's the thing, I don't drink that much champagne, so I, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. In fact, now this isn't a, a new to-do. How do I drink the champagne? And with who? Here it is. This is my gift. My gift, drum roll. This is my gift from Paramount Plus. I got it. I go, this thing's gorgeous, whatever this thing is. It looks like uh looks like uh silverware where your your good silver should be placed. And uh or a humidor. What could it be? And it's, it says MTV. It's got the original MTV astronaut. A lot of a lot of astronaut themed stuff going on in this podcast already. And then this this hinge, is that what it's called, to, to open it, this latch, and I couldn't get the latch to work. I'm like, what's going on? But I knew it was supposed to open that way because the hinges are back here, so those are the hinges, and then the latch is up front. Well, it turns out the latch doesn't catch on anything. It's not a locking. You just pick it up, and so I pick it up, and look at that. It's a backgammon set. Isn't that cool? With the MTV astronaut in there again. Could be Jim Kelly, and that's it. And uh, here's the cool part. I don't give a shit about backgammon. This gift is horrible. <laughs> I've got a, It's like a piece of art. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. But I don't play backgammon. It got me thinking. What percentage of people play backgammon? This is like an interesting gift. It's, it's very cool. I, mean, I, I, I If you play backgammon, it's great. So what I'm going to do, okay, Paramount, this is because, oh, God, I'm hitting it on the table. I'm going to learn how to play backgammon because it's so nice. And Harlan Williams, my friend, I'm doing his podcast tomorrow. He's been on my podcast several times. Uh, said, you're going to love backgammon. I said, really? He goes, you're going to love it. Just believe me. You're going to get addicted. I said, okay. So maybe Paramount gets me addicted to uh, backgammon. But my initial response was, I wonder what percentage of people play backgammon. Do you? Let me know. Email me. What's wrong at orneyadams.com? What's wrong at orneyadams.com? And back to people supporting me, this video's up on Patreon, and then it ends up where? YouTube, uh, a few episodes later. So thank you to the Patreon supporters. Patreon.com slash orney. And uh, now you can do Cameo. There's all different ways you can get your money to me now. I like the people that just send it to me on uh, Venmo and PayPal at Orny Adams. At, at Orny Adams on Venmo. Those are the, those are my favorites. When I get a text message, somebody just sent you money. I'm like, these people are great. Thank you. Thank you for appreciating all that I do that I'm not compensated for, which includes this podcast, which is why I do on Patreon. 
because I have to pay f- people to produce it. I've got to pay for all the equipment. I've got to pay for the uh, transfer program to transfer the large files to people. I've got to pay for the storage. I've got to pay for the storage drives. It's really expensive. I don't make a dime except on Patreon. So thank you. And then maybe one day it takes off. So thank you to all the people that support me. If you want to keep in touch, the email is uh, what's wrong at orniadams.com. You can go to teamwhatswrong.com for everything. That's everything. Or you just go to one of my link trees. That has all the, uh, the links and exciting stuff. Mmm, drinking a lot of juice. Let's go down the checklist. Fly on the wall, we did. Takes the third is on YouTube and More Than Loud is on YouTube. Uh, Let's talk about the last few episodes. Jim Clemente, former FBI profiler. Now he creates uh, content and TV shows as his own podcast, which is much more successful than my podcast. And just an interesting guy that's done a lot. And just how he got into the FBI. I'm telling you, listen, listen and watch that that episode. I put one episode up on YouTube ahead of time with the blessing of my Patreon fans. Uh, episode two, or part two is on Patreon now. But Jim is so interesting. You know, he was molested as a child by a father or a priest at a camp. And later on in life, went after him. He became a prosecutor. Oh boy, we went out to dinner the other night and we got into, uh, we get into these heated, heated discussions. We, we have a lot of, Jim's very cool. We have a lot, like just the chemistry between us is very cool. Uh, but he was a prosecutor. He approached the FBI and said, hey, this is this creep that went to camp. And this guy was uh, molesting kids and he had molested Jim. And Jim went undercover and wore wire and took the guy down. Now, you can't call the guy a monster. Jim will tell you why. Don't call him a monster. Listen to the podcast and you'll hear. But everybody, the feedback on Jim Clemente unbelievable. And mostly from Jim's relatives. (laughs) His family loved it because it's a real interview. It's not bullshit. I'm asking Jim questions that we might all have, but are afraid to ask. Like when you went undercover years later as an adult and confronted your abuser, do you think he was attracted to you? That's a legitimate question. Or how about this? If, if you're good looking and you're murdered, is there a better chance your crime is going to be solved? Are we more interested in solving crimes with good-looking people like the Idaho murders? Then I asked Jim, who killed John Benet Ramsey? And he couldn't tell me because he's being he was sued for $980 million. Jim is an interesting guy, former FBI profiler, and just fun to talk crime and just in general life. He's he's been through a lot, and you know, he's he's got all these brothers, one of the brothers, uh, Peter. Clemente was in Diving for Pearls, this band. His other brother is a sniper in the FBI and loves to shoot people. Or I don't know if that's, I shouldn't say that about somebody who loves to shoot people in case I'm wrong. He's a sniper and he likes likes uh, likes his guns. And Jim is not. Jim is not into guns. So it's, it's interesting. Same family. Uh, and I plan to have all those brothers on. The other brother, uh, the one that was a sniper in the FBI, lives in Montana. I'm like, I got to go there. That sounds like a fun weekend, hanging out in Montana. Was invited to dinner by uh, Peter Clemente, diving for pearls, through Jim. We'll see, maybe it's not even a real invitation. And then uh, the last episode, episode 68, people really liking uh, Martin Blenko. I call him Blenkow, because th- that's how I see it, Blenkow. Blenko, British bloke, and uh, he, was, he founded Cameo. 
which I've now made a few thousand dollars on in a couple of weeks. It's interesting. It's a it's an interesting uh, experiment. I'll tell you why I like it. I like making money, but also uh, it's fun to yell at the fans. I'm getting paid to yell at fans as coach or talk to you as a stand-up comedian and you're a fan of my stand-up. So I, I think that's cool. I do find it like at times, it's like uh, an assignment. Like I woke up and I got a new one and today I'm like, I better do it. I better do it, but then, uh, and I've got 24 hours to do it, and I want to do it as soon as possible, but then these people are going to think I'm a loser that I have time to do it on Christmas. Uh, but it was fun because they, they wanted me to roast them as uh, calling them losers. So uh, it turned out, uh, you know, loser roasting a loser. Uh, let's see, going down the list here. So check out ep- that episode, 68 and 67 and 66 was Jim Clemente. 68 was Martin Blenko. And I'm on Cameo now, so if you want it, I don't know how long I'm staying on there, to be honest. I think I'm sticking around until this movie comes out, this Teen Wolf movie. See if I can exploit that. Uh, I was at Brea Improv last weekend. Thank you to everybody that came out to see me. Mm. I was. I just felt sick. I was run down. I was, in, I was doing Cirque du Soleil the weekend before. Let's talk about Cirque du Soleil first. No, no, I'm going to do it at the end. Cirque at the end. Cirque at the end. That's what we'll do. Because it's a funny story. (laughs) How I screwed up. (laughs) I screwed up the closing number of Cirque du Soleil. I ruined it. I ruined the show. And we have on a videotape. I I want them to let me release this videotape. I was in Brea, California last weekend. And uh, doing shows, I was so run down and tired and sick. And I was calm. I was spending, it was one of those, like, I'm in bed most of the day, just getting enough energy. Do you ever wonder what the comedians are doing during the day before their shows? I think a lot of you guys think we just show up at the club and just are funny. That we don't need to, uh, I, I don't know, prepare. And then we, we're drunk the whole time. And that's not the case. There's a lot of mental preparation. For me, physically, I move around a lot. And in this case, I was run down from Vegas. And then I'm going into Bray and I've got five uh, shows. And this venue's huge. And the stress of selling tickets. And the stress of people coming back year after year to see the show. You know, people come see me every year at these clubs. Well, you better bring some different stuff, right? Better bring some different stuff. Here's what I don't like. Here's what's wrong with comedy clubs during the holiday season. You want to take a guess, anybody? It's the holiday parties. Okay. They sell groups like a package. Come see the show. There'll be an 18-course meal that will serve right in front of everybody else. Some prefixed dinner. I know. They, 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 I saw more trays coming out, and they put them all in the front. I beg these comedy clubs every year, put them in the back. They want to be close to the comedian. They don't want to be close to the comedian. Boy, do I wish Steve Byrne was on this podcast. By the way, I'm doing uh, Burt Kreischer's podcast on Tuesday. So I'm doing Harlan tomorrow, then Burt Kreischer. I want to have Steve Byrne on this because Steve Byrne and I vibe a lot, but we have the same complaint. What's with these holiday parties? They put them in the front. Because I sell them, you can be closer to the comedian. This is VIP. Well, it's very disturbing anytime you have a party of four or more. And, and here's the real deal. I mean, I like the holiday parties because it usually means the person in charge is a fan of mine. That they would bring 20 people. 
But most of the people do not want to be there. They're not fans of Orny Adams. They're not even fans of comedy. They're there because they want the free meal and the free booze. Or if they don't go, it looks bad to the boss. And it's very evident they don't want to be there. Or at the beginning, I tend to win them over. But why do I have to win them over? This is my effing show. That's what's wrong. This isn't what's wrong with Orny Adams. This is my show. The presumption is you're there because you want to see me. You're there because you're fans of Orny Adams. That's why you're, that's the presumption. I should work, I should walk out and everybody should be on my side. Everybody should be excited to see my stand-up comedy. And then if I suck, dial out. But to walk out in these tables of people, they don't want to be there. Some of them are on their phones. Some of them are just talking amongst each other. And you're like, hey, buddy. This is actually what happened. Buddy, buddy, buddy. Come on. Let's go. Pay attention. And then the whole the whole office like, Ralph, Ralph. You know, like big joke, Ralph. Ralph's trouble, right? So now it's a, it's a, it's a moment only for that, that party. Here's the problem. Everybody from the front section back, they're f- hardcore Orny fans. And they have to suffer through trays and trays and trays of people being delivered food. Okay? Uh, at one party, they had little donut holes, desserts. And then a minute, five minutes later, they came out with a completely separate course, dessert course of ice cream in a bowl. And everybody got both. It wasn't like an either or. It wasn't like, oh, that person got donut holes and then here comes the ice. Oh, so they did, they, they did get divert, d- dessert. I thought they weren't getting dessert because they didn't have donut holes in front of them. But, oh, I didn't realize there's ice cream. Trays and trays coming out. Put these people in the back. I'm, I'm grateful that 20 tickets were purchased for my show. And I'm sure I earned some new fans. But wow. And there was one group that has seen me Three times, a dental office. Three times. I don't mind that. Those people, those people know what they're getting. That was great. But there was one show where there was three separate office parties. And Steve Byrne, he can tell you, it's it's disruptive. And I think there's a way to cater to these people that want to have parties there and should have parties there, but also to be respectful to the comedian and to respectful to the other people in the show. But I, I am powerless. I've tried. I've tried. And I guess if I want to work there in December, I'm sure I'll be back. I'm supposed to do Irvine Improv this December. I'm sure it'll be the same thing with the holiday parties. And if you remember last year, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, we had to throw out an entire party of like 30 people during the show. That's the problem. If there's a party of four up front and they're disruptive, it's easy to throw four people out. I mean, it's not easy, but it's easier than 30-something people. I don't know. I just... <sighs> just starting to question again everything like what am i doing why am i i'm an adult and i'm playing nightclubs like i never like it's pathetic i never got out of the comedy clubs i'm not a theater act like the torture that brings me the torture i thought when i started this i was naturally funny and i made people laugh i thought i'll be in movies I'll have, a, I'll have a TV show in no time. This is easy. This is going to be easy. Look at people like Adam Sandler. Look how quickly it happened. And now, I'm talking about December 2023 and playing Irvine. I mean, it's like, it's pathetic. I know a lot of you, a lot of you like to say, I wrote it down on my notes. 
you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. I, I'm sure. And I'm grateful I do as well as I do. And believe me, when somebody just sends me $10 because I saw my video on YouTube, on Venmo, it brings me immense joy. When people buy tickets for my show, then buy a, 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 a cameo of me announcing to their family that you're coming to the show, and then the people come to the show, and then they, they'll buy t-shirts and merch. I There's a part of me that cannot believe it. Cannot believe that I bought a house just doing stand-up comedy. Part of me can't believe that I've avoided a day job. But a majority of me, a majority of me cannot believe that I'm stuck or I'm where I am for what I deliver, for what I see when I'm on stage, unless I'm completely delusional, which is possible. The torture and the people that represent comedians and actors have no clue what we go through. It is heartbreaking. And the only thing that brings me joy is to think I'm going to be dead one day and none of this will matter. But is that the healthy perspective to have? Watch more than loud. Come see me live. Come see me live. Tell me it wouldn't be better if we were all in a theater with perfect temperature with perfect, pristine sound, where I heard myself perfectly so I didn't have to yell because I have no clue what you're hearing, where everybody's facing the stage and they're in comfortable seats and they're not shit-faced. Tell me, tell me it wouldn't be a better show. Tell me I don't deserve that. Tell me, please. Please. If you disagree, let me know. I, I encourage you, write, write me. What's wrong at ornyadams.com? Uh, listen, uh, I, I address all video comments under the video. I mean, it's just, it's disheartening. On that note, I'll be in Las Vegas New Year's Eve. Can you imagine what the audiences are going to be like there? New Year's Eve. <coughs> For the, I'll be at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. I'm actually really looking forward to this. I, I really enjoyed the shows I was there last time. It's at the Link Promenade promenade, whatever the, whatever that's called. Marmalade. It's at the Link Marmalade. They should make Link Promenade Marmalade. You telling me that comedy brain that just came up with that doesn't deserve to be in theaters? I mean, I mean, I just demonstrated in real time the brilliance. Anyway, I'll be at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club New Year's Eve. And people are buying tickets already. Mm, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. Listen, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be sitting at home alone. So I, I'm uh, I'm happy about that. Come see a show. Also, I'll be in Chicago in January, going back to Sarasota. I've got Atlanta dates. I've got some uh, other dates in North Carolina. It's all up on orneyadams.com slash tour. This is becoming an infomercial, blah, 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 blah. You know, part of the problem uh, in this lifetime is... We're all being abused. I'm going to talk about this on a, on a separate podcast in depth because I'm trying to figure out we all, there seems to be these uh, divisions within society. They're the people that uh, are joining cults, 
for some reason they join i saw a documentary last night about orgasm cult about female orgasms it's a cult there's a cult for orgasms i mean what what's left so there's people joining cults and falling for shit per ponzi scheme under there too and then there's uh the tantrum throwers seems to be a lot of people just flipping out like if you're if you're uh god i forgot i gotta talk about this if you're if your flight's delayed or they lose your luggage, don't rip a computer out of the terminal and throw it at an employee. Okay? I travel all the time. Things go wrong all the time. You get to hotels, the room's not ready, or uh, you car rental, the car's not there, or your luggage is delayed, or you go out to eat and the food isn't that great, or the service sucks, or you're driving and somebody cuts you off in traffic, or you go to the supermarket and they don't have exactly what you need and somebody else got the last one before you. You don't yell at people. Internalize. Not everything needs to be said. Not every one of your thoughts needs to be said. And you're not so important. You're not the only one whose flight's delayed or luggage is lost and got news for you. The person that you're throwing the terminal at has nothing to do with that. They didn't load the luggage they didn't decide that the, the plane was too heavy, the luggage couldn't go or got lost or whatever it is. And, and you go to a restaurant, the food's not great. Maybe the chef's having a bad day. Have you ever had bad days? You ever woken up and thought, geez, I just, I don't want to do anything today. Can you imagine if you have to go cook food for people? Maybe you're having a bad day. Like what's wrong? Why aren't humans acting like humans anymore? Or is this what humans really are? We just throw tantrums all the time. Little effing kids yelling at people. Get off my lawn. Who cares? We're humans sharing this planet and this experience with other people. And yet we're so divisive. So I I tend to look at my mom. My mom was sick. My mom was sick. She didn't feel well. She was supposed to go to the doctor. She said, I'm going to call the doctor and tell him I don't feel well because I don't want to get them sick. And I thought, she's so honest. Like most people, she'd waited six weeks for this appointment because her tooth really hurts really hurts. She wants it out. But she was willing to not go in to prevent these other people from getting sick. Does that not, does that not sound like most people nowadays that are selfish and are just like, I don't care if I get them sick. I just want my tooth out. We have become so selfish, so selfish. I'm writing that word down. Selfish and tantrums. We've become a world of people throwing tantrums. Got the, Got news for you. You're going to have to share this planet and your time here with a lot of people you don't like. If this shit bothers you that much, if somebody cuts you off in traffic, if somebody uh, doesn't hold the door for you, whatever it is, I see people throwing tantrums over the most benign things. You've got to really examine what's going on inside of you. My take is we're flawed. Did they mean it? You know, I had to answer... I was at, uh, what is the place called? I was just, this fancy supermarket. Let's just call it that. And they have a dining area. And my phone rang. It was my ring. And the mailman was there. And I've got the earpieces in. And uh, I'm going, and I'm talking to the ring. I go, hello? Hello? Now, the delay on the ring is so long that you go, hello? Hello? And then by the time they hear the first hello, now they're talking to you. I have a package for you. Can you hear me? Now we're talking over each other like a phone call from 1910 that's overseas. Can you, the pack, 
Can you put the... I have a package for you. Yeah, no, can you... And then we're like waiting a second to like catch up. Then we both at the same time go, can you put it... So I'm I'm going through this and I've got the earbuds and it doesn't work as good when you have the earbuds, the ring for some reason. They got to fix this technology. These earbuds suck. They pick up everything that is not part of the phone call. Like if if I'm opening a, a bag of chips, Apple, can you got to fix the technology. You got to know that me opening a bag of chips is not the primary reason for the phone call. The whole, you shouldn't hear... <laughs> Like, I talk to my parents. They hear things on the earbuds that I don't even hear. Like, I'm talking to my mom. I go, she goes, what is that? I go, what? She goes, the siren. I go, I don't hear a siren. And then, like, 30 seconds later, I hear the siren. It's, like, close enough. Like, why can't Apple earbuds, why can't they figure this out? They're all earbuds. That shit isn't part of the conversation. Leave it out. Anyway, I was being loud. I didn't want to miss the mailman had a package for me, so I was trying to tell him what to do with it. And a guy comes over, and he says, Excuse me, could you keep it down? We're, I'm trying to eat lunch. And I said, sorry, I'm just, I'm on my, my ring, my ring thing. I'm just talking, I'm, I'm on my, and they, they're having trouble hearing me. Anyway, when I got done, I turned around. I said, sorry about that, sir. I took, you know, I said, uh, sorry, I just, you know, I did, the mailman had a package, it was on the ring. And then the, the lady next, by the way, there's a bunch of losers in this section. That guy was a loser. Then this lady goes, when did it rain in Los Angeles? I go, what? And so I said to the guy, I go, listen, I said, I'm sorry, I was, I was being loud. I said, I just had to get this package and I can totally understand why you would be upset in that moment. And the guy did not know how to react that I was not fighting back or not resisting or not rejecting that he would be upset or not, or denying it. Going, dude, this is a free country. I can talk wherever I want to talk. There's other people on their phone. The guy was like, he didn't know what to do. And that's what I'm saying in life. The guy was probably having a bad day. I don't know. Maybe noise bothers him more than other people. And I looked and he wouldn't look up. And I'm like, oh, you now you don't hear me now that I'm apologizing. I said, and he, and he finally looked up. He goes, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's just, it, it, uh, I said, okay. I said, I just want you to know it's okay that you're upset. And I didn't like throw my food at him. I didn't go start like, who are you? to talk to me when I'm talking. How do you know that this isn't an emergency, buddy? I didn't do any of that. I could have. I could have humiliated and and shut him down, humiliated him, but I didn't. And that's what I'm saying. So is human nature to throw all these tantrums? Is human nature, here's the other group of people, committing murders. You watch these murder shows. If you watch TV, all you'd see is tantrums being thrown, murders, and cults. That's these are the groups I have. I'm going to talk about it more. Although it seems like I'm talking about it now, but like, are there really that many murders going on? As a kid, being murdered was like a big deal. If there was a murder, now it feels like a lot of people just doing it. We become violent, and it's sad to see. It really is. So listen, people have bad days. You can, uh, you know, you can diffuse it. Two more things, and we're getting out of here. All right. I don't want this thing to be too long. I'm sick of editing long video too. And you probably want a shorter podcast like my dad. Two things on social media going on right now that's really upsetting is uh, parents are having uh, somebody dress up like Grinch and scare the kids on Christmas. 
So I just saw a video and oh, the parents thought it was so funny. Santa comes in and the kids are jumping up and down. Like they're like three to five years old. They can't believe it. It's Santa Claus. And I'm watching going, this is so cute. These stupid kids believe in Santa Claus. This is adorable. They actually believe in something so absurd and it brings them such joy. And then comes down the stairs where Santa just came down is the Grinch. The Grinch now tries to tackle Santa and take the bag of gifts. Well, the kids start screaming and run and hide under the kitchen table. And the parents, oh, they're they're laughing it up. Oh, the joy ensues. These This, is this abusive? This feels abusive to me. Like these kids are going to have nightmares. They're going to be in therapy for the rest of their lives, potentially, because of this little stunt that the parents are all laughing and ha, 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 ha. I mean, honestly, I'm watching this going, this is a form of child abuse. And the parents, the Grinch, someone should get dressed up as the Grinch. The uh, the uh, DCFS should get dressed up as the Grinch and take the parents away. That's what should happen. I mean, I don't know how to parent. I don't have kids. But I don't think you create a scary moment. Like, I'm... Here's another group of people that drive me nuts. What's wrong with Owen Adams? People that use their kids as props in these videos on social media. Your kid's not a prop. Your kid's a kid. Your kid probably shouldn't even be on social media because there's so many disgusting, warped minds out there that don't see kids as kids. So why even expose them to people looking at them like that? And why let people know you have kids? I mean, it's just a dangerous effing world. Keep shit to yourself. Keep your world to yourself. Be private. I'm private. It's safer. So, oh my God, how funny is this? That, and the parents are all laughing at the Grinch and people, parents try and tackle the Grinch and the kids have no clue what's going on. And even if you explain to the kids later, hey, that was a setup, the kids, they're not old enough emotionally to understand. They're going to forever, I mean, think about things that happened to you as a kid. One small incident where maybe somebody snapped at you or something happened. And you have this memory and it still to this day bothers you, haunts you, affects your decisions. Like what's these parents? I'm asking you, do you agree with me that this is a, a is abusive? Is that too strong of a word? Dangerous? To me, this is bad parenting. The fact that you would even do it, even if uh, even if you're not videotaping this for social media, which is just gross. You're trying to get views off of your kids' backs or get a laugh. And the parents all sitting around laughing. Ah, I'm sure they've all got their wine and having a good time. I've seen several of these videos. I saw one where the kids are holding up their gifts and the garage door opens and the Grinch starts grabbing them and they're screaming. Like, why would you ever want your kid genuinely afraid like that? They're living in a horror film. That's my thoughts on that. Whether you think that's correct or not, I don't know. I'm sure I have more thoughts. It just came to me as I saw that video right before I started this this podcast. Um, you got to take care of yourselves. You got to take care of yourselves because this world will eat you up alive. Do you know what gaslighting is? Gaslighting abuse? I'm going to read. This is from the Newport Institute um, and they're, they're a wellness center. 
Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which the abuser attempts to sow self-doubt and confusion in their victim's mind. Typically, gaslighters are seeking to gain power and control over the other person by distorting reality and forcing them to question their own judgment and intuition. The term gaslighting comes from the 1938 play Angel Street, in which Alfred Hitchcock later adapted into the film Gaslight, in which a man tries to convince his wife that she is going insane so he can steal from her. When he turns on the lights in the attic to search for the jewelry collection, for her jewelry collection, and the gas lights dim downstairs, he tells her it's all in her imagination. Gradually, she begins to question her own memories and perceptions. Gaslighting, is typic- gaslighting typically takes place in abusive relationships and is closely associated with other types of emotional and physical abuse. While gaslighting is most common in romantic relationships, it can also occur within family or workplace relationships. And that's where I experience it the most, is workplace. Workplace. But have you been gaslit? We've all been gaslit. We've all, whether you're up for a job and they, you know, like, we could replace you. You're not even that valuable. Or... You know, people are always trying to distort your reality and make you feel like you're you're not all there and with it. And I think that um, I just wanted to read that because I think that's a really important uh, psychological uh, means of abusing people. And I think there are shades of it. And we're all guilty of it. I've done it before. I've done it before. Now that I read that, I'm like, oh, okay. It makes me more aware. It's going to make me grow knowing that. But... You know, this week somebody gaslit me and uh, it really infuriated me. And I don't want to get into the details, but uh, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of when you're trying to manipulate me and make me doubt myself. And that's what this business has done to me. It's made me doubt myself for so long. And I'm glad now that I'm older, I have the courage and foresight to go, you know what? You're wrong. You're wrong, dude. And people gaslight in business and they gaslight in relationships because they want to control you and they want you to think you have no other options. And don't fall for this shit. That's what I'm saying. My overall premise in life is that this is a beautiful planet and we could all get along and we could all work together and come up for cures for cancer, just like we came up for the vaccine for COVID. We could all be working together to make the best iPhone possible or smartphone possible. We could have so much. We could, if we work together, have plentiful food, plentiful oil, everything. But instead, we choose to be greedy and to work against ourselves as a combined group. But I think in general, people tend to be good people. But there's a shit ton of bad people out there too. Let me talk about Cirque du Soleil. Let's get out of here. And then we can start looking forward to episode 70. My name is Orny Adams. This is uh, What's Wrong with Orny Adams is the name of the podcast. It's exciting, isn't it? Isn't it exciting to be listening to my podcast? I'm here on Christmas all alone in Big Yellow. Big Yellow, which is my studio. It's a Shasta in my backyard. I did Cirque du Soleil. I just want to say this quickly. This was a very positive experience. I loved it for a week. Not sure I could handle it for longer than a week, but it was a joy to be part of such a big production. And it was the most 
caring and accepting group of people I've ever worked with. No ego, zero egos over there. And we're talking about people that are geniuses at what they do. And I enjoyed talking to everybody from all over the world. There were acrobats from, from China and Brazil, Australia, Europe, all over the place. And they made me feel welcome and I screwed up. I got to tell you this before we wrap this up. I had a cue. I was supposed to come out at the end of the show and take a bow. And I'm supposed to come out when uh, the lead singer, so they're all on stage dancing, the entire cast. Imagine this. And at some point, a cab, because this place, this is uh, New York, New York, Cirque du Soleil. And it's uh, called Mad Apple. So it's supposed to take place in New York. And this taxi cab comes out. And the lead singer gets on top of the taxi and starts like singing to the audience and all the people are dancing around him. And then he jumps off the taxi cab and he goes up and he calls me over and and we run up stage together like a hero. The comedian runs up stage. Oh, by the way, that's what I'm doing in Cirque du Soleil. I was doing 10 minutes of stand-up comedy in the middle of the show. Went on after a woman spinning by her hair 30 feet above the stage, risking her life. And then, oh, here's stand-up comedy. I mean, backstage... It was so funny because the cast, they were all stretching and eating. And I'm sitting there eating peanut M&Ms. Like that was the difference. But so I, for the first two nights, was to the side of the stage waiting for this guy to call me over. And because I'm to the side of the stage, I can't see anything that's going on stage. And so by the third night, I felt comfortable, which was a mistake. I thought, I'm going to watch downstairs in the uh, area where we hang out, which is downstairs below the stage, on the monitor, what is actually happening before I go out on stage. And when the taxi cab starts to come out, I'll run upstairs because it will take me 30 to 40 seconds to get upstairs, timed it in my head, and I'll be able to see the guy on top of the thing and and go out with him. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm cutting it close is what I'm saying. And I'd never seen what goes on on the stage. So I'm downstairs, I'm watching, it's going on, they're singing, they're all dancing, everybody's out there, it's a closing number, the big finale. And the taxi cab starts to come out. So I, I start running up the stairs. Well, the problem is that there's so many actors crossing backstage, or no, not actors, but cast members or family, as I call it, the family, uh, crossing backstage that like I'm trying to avoid them backstage. And it took me longer to get to the side stage where I have a, a visual of the taxi cab and the guy on top of the taxi. Well, guy's not on top of the taxi cab. I see him moving up stage. For the bow, and I go, shit, I missed it. Oh my God, I screwed up. They're going to be furious. They're going to be furious. So I run out to chase the, the lead singer guy, and it turns out I didn't miss the cue that he hadn't been on top of the cab yet, but because I'd never seen the closing uh, piece before ever, I didn't know this. So now I'm in the middle of the finale closing number where these acrobats and dancers are flipping around and they're twirling and I'm running. I'm, I'm like trying to avoid them. It's like Frogger trying to cross the street. So like, imagine like I'm running and then all of a sudden like somebody turns into me. So I have to like back away and then somebody else is coming into me. So I'm going over here and I kept moving and it is so funny. I get to the front of the stage finally. It was really, it was scary because these are athletes moving fast. I thought they were going to hit me. And I'm also thinking, I'm going to get fired. There's no question. I just screwed this up. I get to the front of the stage. I'm all alone. There's nobody there. So now it looks even dumber. They have quickly retreated. And I'm like, shit, 
And I turn around. Now the guy's on top of the cab. I'm like, oh, so I, I dance. I dance off the stage. Now, I don't know how to dance. I look like I'm in the Cialis commercial or something. I look like the middle-aged guy dancing like an idiot off the stage. And, and the producer's at the side of the stage. And uh, she said, uh, well, you just made the blooper real. I said, please tell me we have that on tape. She goes, yeah, we have it on tape. Great. And then a minute later, I see the guy up on the, uh, you know, he's on the t- taxi cab, the lead singer, and uh, gets him to sing. And then he calls me over. So now, even more humiliating, I have to take the, I've already gone out and t- screwed it up. Of course, it takes the comedian screws up the whole show. And now I've got to go out and take my bow. But here's the thing that I think is unbelievably uh, remarkable and surprised the hell out of me. Not a single person was upset. Not a single cast member said anything. There was no ego. There was no like, nobody complained about me to the producers. Nobody said, I can't believe the comedian, you know, this comedian doesn't have much to do. If he can't just be at the side of the stage, when he's supposed to be at the side of the stage, if he can't figure out his one cue, not one person, they all laughed and laughed about it and couldn't have been cooler. And I love you. I love you cast of Cirque du Soleil, Mad Apple in Las Vegas for that and the producers. And I'd be happy to return. Maybe we'll do like a week at a time or something like that. But I think you guys are amazing. Here's the best part. Here's the best part. Ready for this, everybody? I have tape of it. That's right. I have tape of me screwing up Cirque du Soleil. I'm going to release it at some point. Just waiting for their blessing. Episode 69, What's Wrong with Orny Adams? A very Merry Christmas edition that will come out hopefully tomorrow. Hopefully, right, Ernesto? Can we get this done by tomorrow? Episode 69. Thank you, Ernesto Hurtado, for mastering the audio and getting it up there and helping me make edits when necessary uh, and being on the team, teamwhatswrong.com. If you want to email me, what's wrong at ornyadams.com. Thank you to my Patreon subscribers. Thank you to the people who are signing up and uh, hiring me for Cameo. Is it hiring me? I want to thank the people that are just sending me money. And I want to thank everyone watching my content. You know what I really want to thank? The people that watch the specials and pass it on. Thank you. So listen, here's the other thing. Uh, we'll see you at some of my live shows. And I think this was a, a great episode of What's Wrong with Orny Adams. And, and remember, do not dress up as the Grinch and scare your kids. Okay? That's what's wrong with the world. I know that much. I can't wait to see how these kids turn out. Okay? Like to do a follow-up documentary about the kids and how they got screwed up by the Grinch that scared the hell out of them on Christmas. That's fun. This is the one holiday the kids get to sit there and enjoy Christmas. Let's have some guy dressed up as the Grinch so the adults can have a laugh. I've had it. Merry Christmas.